Hey everyone, we're really excited about this episode. We were able to land Matt Haller, who's the president and CEO of the International Franchise Association. That is the trade association for the entire franchising industry. More importantly, the topic of the discussion is the fact that the backbone of the entire franchising industry is locally owned and operated small businesses. As we've heard so much over the last couple of years, buy local, right? Well, that is franchising, and he's going to explain exactly what that means. The teaser is, just in the Heartland area alone, if you combine Nebraska and Iowa, did you know that 158,000 jobs are attributed to franchising and $13 billion, that's billion with a B in economic output, are attributed to franchising, all locally owned and operated. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local area, and it's a great place for entrepreneurs to stop by just to learn more about the franchise industry itself. Today, we're going to burst the bubble on a misconception that you hear at times about the franchising industry. You see, franchising is and always has been all about locally owned and operated small businesses. I have the privilege and honor today of introducing somebody who has a national perspective on this that simply very few can possibly have. And with that, I would like to give a warm welcome to our guest today, Mr. Matt Haller, President and CEO of the International Franchise Association. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt. Hey, Blake. Good morning. Great to be with you. Thank you so much. So I mentioned that you have a unique perspective because of your role. Could we start by you telling us a little bit about what is the International Franchise Association and what's your role as the leader of the organization? Sure. So the IFA is a trade association based in Washington, D.C. We have 1,100 member franchisor brands, about 600 uh, member supplier brands, and over 100,000 individual franchise business owners who are members of the IFA. Our mission is to protect, to enhance, and to promote franchising uh, on a global scale. And we do that, uh, those are three buckets, protects, you know, that's advocacy, government relations, lobbying, Congress, or state legislatures, uh, enhance, that's really the, the work we do to educate um, and convene uh, within the industry uh, around franchising business practices, um, around different disciplines, whether it's franchise development or marketing or legal, uh, technology, other areas, um, convening at our events and you know, with, with online uh, education. And then promote franchising, you know, that's our work to the general public. Uh, we, we promote franchising through various research that we produce or partner with organizations to produce. Uh, and then we promote franchising to different uh, affinity or demographic groups um, through different program areas, um, things like veterans and diversity uh, and the like. So that's a, that's IFA, who we are and what we do in a, in a nutshell. And look forward to talking more about uh, some of the issues and um, challenges and opportunities that we, uh, we work on on behalf of our, our members and, and even people who aren't members but are in franchising. Wow, you guys cover a lot of ground. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, it, it, there's there's certainly a lot of activity at the association, uh, but it's reflective of you know all the activity and the great activity in franchising. I mean, it's a dynamic, diverse, thriving sector of the economy, uh, and as you said in your intro, you know, an area that's oftentimes uh, misunderstood um, for what franchising you know really is um, in terms of you know what what the brand does versus what the local uh, owner's responsibilities are. And, and that's something that we're constantly dealing with, uh, particularly in the public policy um, advocacy realm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, let's get right, right into the heart of the discussion that franchising is all about locally owned and operated small businesses. But you brought up a good point. Even, even in the public policy forum, it's really important to be able to provide clarity on that topic. Can you maybe start that conversation by talking about where is the misconception? Where's the misconception about franchising not being locally owned and operated? Yeah, so I think uh, your average consumer, when they walk into a McDonald's or a Dunkin' Donuts or you know any you know even emerging concept that it you know sort of has a has a brand, they don't always think of that as a locally owned and operated uh, entity. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, they take kind of franchising for granted, not, not with in a malicious way, just uh, in a way that, you know, they're going to a lot of our members' businesses, you know, because of convenience, because of quality, uh, but they're not always fully appreciating, you know, that they are indeed uh, locally owned and operated. And, you know, in many ways, the development and the evolution of the franchise business model, um, you know, has perpetuated this. Like we've perfected this uniformity um, and standardization of uh, brands in local communities. Um, but by virtue of that, uh, not every brand is, you know, making local ownership a part of the communication that they're doing with consumers in, in local communities. So when we do public opinion research, uh, it's not fully known or appreciated that, that these are, you know, local businesses, which is why we constantly are... Um, in an education battle um, on, on the proactive side with the public and with policymakers to, to make that clear and putting franchisees really at the center of how we're communicating about the business model, particularly to our elected leaders. Um, at the same time, you have this sort of public, you know, misperception or not full appreciation of franchising being local. You have outside forces um, who, you know, are sometimes seeking to, change the business model through policy that they'd like to enact to make the franchise model more of an integrated, you know, one business versus, you know, truly separate. And, and that's something that organized labor, you know, has really been trying to, to enact, um, you know, for their own agenda and something that the IFA has really spent a lot of time um, advocating against because again, the franchise model is built on, you know, this sort of separation um, and, and the power that comes with that separation of where the franchisees' responsibilities are and where the brand's responsibilities are. And that's, that's, a, lot of, that's a lot of what we do to preserve. Um, so that work isn't happening in a vacuum. Um, there are, you know, powerful forces that would like to see franchising exist in a different way than it does. And, you know, we need to constantly be advocating both in Congress uh, as well as in states and cities uh, here in the U.S., and, and some of these same issues are actually happening uh, internationally as well. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up too, Matt, because as, a, you know, as I always say in my intro, 
I, you know, I own my own uh, small business franchise here in Omaha, Nebraska, and I've seen over the years, you know, of course, I, I, I joined this franchise system because I wanted to have my own business that I owned and operated, a separate business entity from my franchise organization, but I knew my chances of success were statistically increased dramatically if I hitched my wagon to a franchise organization. And I want to know that outside forces that have nothing to do with my local community, my local employees, the volunteer work that I do locally, I want to know that none of those outside forces have control over who is and isn't the employer of my employees and if I can compete in the same way as other locally, locally owned and operated small businesses. So, frankly, I'm very glad to hear that you're focusing time and energy on advocating for that. Thank you. It's probably what we spend the most amount of our time um, and resources uh, dealing with in terms of maintaining that, that separation of control, particularly around labor and employment matters. You know, for most small businesses, it's the area of, you know, greatest, um, greatest flexibility um, in, in your margins. And, you know, we just strongly believe that, you know, franchisees, you know, know their communities much better um, in terms of you know who to employ, what to offer them in terms of pay and benefits and opportunities for advancement than some faraway corporation you know is going to know. And and there are a lot of great you know integrated um, vertically integrated you know brands whether they're uh, in, in in sectors that are franchised or otherwise. Uh, but franchising has this unique power um, to give you know local people the ability to you know, own and operate a business, but also, you know, identify local talent, build partnerships with local organizations, whether it's charitable or otherwise. Uh, and, and that is something that, you know, increasingly has, you know, come under scrutiny in, in, in public policy. Uh, and, you know, we are just constantly trying to mobilize more of our members, um, whether they're brands or franchisees or suppliers to the industry to help us, you know, again, go back to my mission, protect, enhance and promote the franchise business model. Clearly, this is something that you focus a lot of your time on. I, I can only imagine how intense the last couple of years must have been being a representative of small business owners all over the country, all over the world. Uh, have you seen more, less, or the same kind of focus on this topic of locally owned and operated franchises over these last couple of years? Yeah, the pandemic was really... Uh, a moment in time where the country, you know, came together um, to solve problems um, in a crisis and the franchise community came together and, and made clear, you know, particularly as it relates to COVID relief and small business relief, that, that franchisees, you know, truly are small businesses locally owned and operated. And, and that is really the reason why programs like the Paycheck Protection Program you know, recognized that fact in a major, you know, bipartisan way in Congress and another COVID relief uh, at the state and local level that cities and states were, were providing for businesses um, who needed uh, needed support. Uh, and and so, you know, franchisees were recognized as the local small businesses that they are, uh, and and that that's great. Uh, as we've you know sort of come you know mostly out of COVID. Um, we've had a major change in the political environment coming out of the 2020 elections, of course. And, you know, some of those issues around labor and employment 
um, are now back um, front and center. They they went a bit dormant uh, during uh, the last administration, which was you know more focused on uh, eliminating costly regulations. And and so you know we're fighting some of those issues again um, that had gone dormant um, around 2016. But um, they've maintained they've been present at the state and local level, uh, and that's where you know more um, more often than not. Uh, you know, things can advance more quickly. Uh, so we do spend an inordinate amount of time and resources in places like California and New York and, you know, some of the more, uh, I guess, progressive states that um, seem to be on, on more of the front lines of advancing things that, you know, are perceived as and positioned as, you know, pro-worker or pro-labor, um, but in, in our view are really um, a means to a political end and, and the franchise model is sometimes caught, um, you know, in the middle. And I think that is, is really just a, re- a reflection of we have a lot of growth and a lot of potential. Um, and, and organized labor sees that as a way to uh, grow, you know, their influence and the, the, the amount of uh, individuals that they seek to represent in, in what's largely a service sector economy now. And that is mostly what the franchise model is, is, you know, service-related businesses. Well, I am glad we're recording that because that is just a fantastic snippet for the kind of value a trade association can bring, just an understanding of um, the mechanics behind some of the changes that you see in a regulatory environment. So thanks for that. And that helps me remember to ask you, if somebody wants to learn more about the International Franchise Association, the features and benefits of being a member of it, where's the best place to go? Yeah, so franchise.org. Uh, is the best place to go for, you know, all of the work uh, and overview to join as a member, to learn about our events and networking opportunities. Uh, if you're particularly interested in um, advocacy issues, uh, we have a program called the Franchise Action Network, which is uh, a grassroots network where we activate, you know, franchisees and others interested in franchising issues. Uh, when something happens, you know, in a city or a state or in Congress where we need you know, communicate with with a particular member, um, and that's franchiseactionnetwork.com. Uh, you can also text uh, the word FAN, F-A-N, to uh, 52886, and you'll get an immediate text back um, with an opportunity to become a Franchise Action Network member, and it will immediately ask you for your zip code and contact information so we can population map you to your um, members of Congress and your state elected officials. Well, that's convenient. (laughs) It is cool. Who are the members of the International Franchise Association? Yeah, so I mentioned we have about 1,100 brands um, who are members. So those are, you know, everybody from the largest, you know, publicly traded companies that everybody's heard of, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, Marriott, um, Hilton Hotels. Um, But, you know, all the way down to, you know, small or early stage uh, franchise concepts that are just getting started and want to learn how to become the next you know, big thing. And so the, the, the makeup of the IFA membership is pretty reflective of the, the franchising economy. About 40% of our membership is in the restaurant industry. Um, another 10% are in hospitality, uh, hotel ownership. Uh, and then we have a lot in personal services. Um, those could be everything from you know, fitness studios to uh, different types of salons um, or other uh, kind of non-food retail businesses. Um, we've got a lot of business-to-business service franchise brands. Um, that's another, you know, eight to ten percent or so of the of the economy. 
So think of a sign making franchise um, it, or, you know, a UPS store um, franchise um, or, or companies like that. Uh, and then we have uh, commercial and residential services. That's a booming category um, and an easier um, area of entry in terms of cost for, in most cases. So whether it's uh, commercial clean and residential cleaning or, you know, landscaping, uh, dog walking services. Um, the real estate sector is another um, category that is uh, franchised and um, I feel like I'm missing one um, off the top of my head, Blake, but you know this space well. Maybe you can remind the viewers if there's another category that uh, is, is heavily concentrated in franchising that I'm not thinking of right off the top of my head here. Well, I'm not going to add anything because you are clearly like a walking encyclopedia of franchising. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even go there, but... I think you did a fantastic job of summarizing all the categories, not surprisingly. Yeah, it's, and then the other thing I'll just mention, uh, so I, I talked about all the franchisees within those categories, but our supplier membership, uh, you know, brokers are a big category. Um, some like FranNet, um, of course, which you're involved in, are both franchisors um, as well as suppliers. But then, you know, really anybody providing a product or a service um, to franchising, um, whether it's legal advice or marketing and technology support, um, you know, franchise sales, um, you know, support uh, the development of uh, franchise documents and, and, and things like that. We have about 600 brands um, that are providing products and services into franchising who are members of the IFA and do great work and uh, really help us get smart at the association, help particularly those early stage um, franchisors get smart or franchisees learn about how to go through due diligence um, and evaluate, um, you know, what brand might be best for them. And, uh, and and things of that nature. Well, you just tied that up very nicely for me. I appreciate that. You must have had some formal media training, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been through the ringer a time or two, but when you live and breathe this stuff every day, uh, you know, you just become a evangelist for uh, what we do here. And you know, it's like I said earlier, it's a dynamic industry to be able to represent, uh, and. and it, my job is easy because our members, you know, really do have great stories and, you know, they're, they're the American dream, right? And, and you literally have people working at these brands that are, you know, there to set people up for success that they want to have come into their system. And when it works, it's, you know, it's a pretty magical thing. Of course, it doesn't always work, um, but it's not without issues in franchising. Um, we don't want to be too Pollyannish about it. Um, you know, both, both sides of the franchise relationship have uh, responsibilities. And, you know, when, when people get into that with, you know, clear eyes um, and a clear understanding of where their obligations are and then follow those obligations, you know, it really works quite well. I think that's a, a very fair assessment of it. So thank you very much. <laughs> and Matt, I have about 500 more questions I want to ask you, but I promise that I would respect your time. I know you're literally... <sighs> on your way to Capitol Hill after this. So I want to say one more time, thank you so much, Matt Haller, for joining us today, President and CEO of the International Franchise Association, which is the leading trade association for the franchising industry. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on why franchising is locally owned and operated small business. Well, I appreciate you uh, having me on, Blake. It's, uh, it's an honor to represent uh, franchising and, and we have a great team at the IFA of about 35 that work um, on the professional staff and a lot of great volunteer leaders uh, who are in the organization. And if you're in franchising, you know, don't hesitate to reach out um, to, to the IFA. 
Um, I gave uh, our website earlier, but I'll give it again here. It's franchise.org. Uh, and, and IFA is, is like a lot of things in life. You get out of it what you put into it. And, you know, people that, you know, come to us and say, hey, I want to help. Um, you know, we're here to steer you in the right direction. Or if you come to us saying, you know, we're a member and we're looking for something that we may not know how to do, that's, you know, we're, we're here to connect you to somebody in franchising that's probably been through that same challenge. And there really is such a great sense of community in the, in the franchise sector um, and people that are willing to share um, and learn from others. Thank you so much, Matt. Ending it right there on uh, sharing and learning from each other. So one more time, thank you to Matt Haller for joining us. He's the president and CEO of the International Franchise Association. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. Don't keep us a secret. Subscribe, follow, and share on your favorite podcasting platform, this episode, and others. Thanks to all of you for joining us, and we'll see you again soon on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. Huda Media Production.